We're in the uh, third week of a new series entitled The New Commandment. And uh, we've been, uh, you know, we've had field trips the last couple of weeks, uh, once to the sanctuary and uh, once uh, last week outside out on the lawn. And uh, I didn't see how many people were here when August uh, raised your hands, but uh, I thought it was pretty fun. It was a little warmer than the normal, the 11 o'clock, actually it was cooler than it was at the 9.30 service. The 9.30 service was pretty stinking brutal um, and hot, uh, but really that's what it is underneath these lights every week. So uh, welcome to our world. Uh, but it was a, a fun time and, and we got a lot of really positive feedback from it. We didn't receive any negative comments. We re- received one negative comment and it was before the service even started. Uh, so it was a preemptive strike, essentially, um, about the outdoor service and uh, most people um, requested that we do it again, and uh, so we might do it uh, eventually sometime down the road when it's cooler, like January, uh, something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll throw another one out there. But uh, in the meantime, we are back home unless another hurricane comes, and, and until then, we are here. Uh, but we're in the third week of the new commandment, and the new commandment, if you remember, is to love one another. Not that hard. There's uh, not going to be a test at the end of, there will be at the end of your life, but not at the end of the service. Uh, but basically, what is the new commandment? Jesus says it's love one another. Plain and simple, love one another. Last week, we talked about the fact that part of that is by welcoming others as Christ welcomes you. So accepting people for who God created them to be, even though they might not be created just like you are. And for some of us, that's a leap. For some of us, we put people into a book and we put them into, we, immediately we see them and we judge them and we know who you are right now. Instead of opening up your eyes the way God would have you and to look at them as a child of God. And so this week I want to take that welcoming thing and that child of God thing a little further and and talk about what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 he says this, And further you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Oh yeah. It's the old submission verse. The old submission verse. If you know what happens right after this, he talks about a husband and a wife and submit wives, submit to your husbands. And, and that's when a lot of, a lot of people don't like this scripture. A lot of people don't like that passage. And it happens to be what Jenna and I have inscribed in our wedding rings, but submission, you know, submission is one of those words that has a bad rap. It's gotten this connotation of to submit to something is bad because it's been misused really. That scripture, Ephesians 5, we're talking about husbands as well. It's been misused. People have misused the whole process of submission. And because of that, we kind of look at it in a little different light. But submit really in the Greek form means to put under an authority, to put into an order. Submit. Something we don't do very much in our life. You know, a lot of times we, you know, all, you all know my love of driving and of traffic and of you people, how you drive. Uh, but there are a lot of times, if you live around this community, you know that there's a lot of construction going on right now. And there are places that I no longer choose to go because I just don't want to deal with it. Because I don't want to put myself into a situation where I'm going to ram one of you. And um, there are some places like over here, Jones-Maltzberger, getting on 281 right there at Jones-Maltzberger. There's not construction on the road there anymore. But I don't go there anymore from the hours of 11 to 2.30 because the rest of you are there. 
I don't know if you've been over there during those times, but you're going to be sitting and sitting and sitting, and then people won't yield the correct way, even though there's now a sign there, and there's these little bumpy dots in there, and it tells you the specific way to yield, but y'all don't read those things. And so I find myself sometimes stuck in these situations, and I get a little out of control. And I get a little angry, and I can feel my blood pressure starting to raise, and I can feel this my back of my neck getting the... I know it's things I need to deal with. But we all have those moments when we're stuck in traffic or something. Or, or maybe you, you, you're stuck in a job. A job that you wake up every morning and you're like, oh, I can't believe I have to go into work today. I can't stand my job. I can't stand what I do. My boss is the absolute biggest jerk in the world. I can't stand him. I don't like going to work, but I'm just stuck here. I'm too far along in my career. Or it's too late for me to change. Or we have all these other things going on, and I'm just, oh, I'm stuck here. Or maybe you're in a relationship like that. You're in a marriage like that where you wake up every morning and you look to the person beside you and like, huh, oh, I'm still here. I'm stuck in this relationship. We all have these moments in our life where we feel like we're stuck somewhere. We feel like we have no control over something and we're just stuck. And so what do we do? We complain about it. We complain or we let our blood pressure rise or we just get aggravated or we argue or we fight or we get into this turmoil. Because we miss what Paul says here. Submit. Submit. But we don't want to submit. We want to control. You know, and think about it. What he says is if things were going well, no problem. I love my job. Every morning I get up and I'm like, I'm going to the church today. I can't wait to get into work. I can't wait to come here. I can't wait to do things. I love my job. I love my boss. I love everything about it. Yes. Submit. No problem. You wake up every morning. You're like, I can't believe you are lying next to me. I love you so much. Everything about you, even the way you squeeze the, squeeze the toothpaste, which is wrong, but that's okay. I still love it. I love you. It's easy to submit when things are going well. It's easy to submit when things are going well, but that's not who Paul's talking to. Paul's not talking to a community that things are going just, oh, it's sunshine and daisies. He's writing to the people of Ephesus who live in a world where because what they believe, because of what they believe, they are persecuted. Because of what they believe, they could be executed. He's writing to people in a time, in a place in time where believing in Jesus Christ And not submitting to another authority is punishable by death. And he's saying what? Submit. Submit. Out of reverence for Christ. Submit. That's just, that goes against everything we're taught. That goes against everything we believe, especially in this country. Submit. But why is it? Why is it so hard for us to do that? Because we like to be in control. We like to have control. We like to have control over our lives. We like to have control over situations. There are countless numbers of books that are written that you can go pick up that will tell you how to control your life in such a way that you can have the best life now. There are countless television series. There's countless tapes. There's countless seminars. There's all kinds of things that you can go to learn about how to get more control over your life because we've got to have control. Yet we live in a world that's out of our control. We live in a world where things happen that we have no control over and we just have to live. 
We can't control some of the events that go on. I'm sure the people that were here in our shelter would like to have been able to control Ike. But you can't control a hurricane. When a hurricane's coming, you just got to deal with it. Which one of you is responsible for the economic crisis we are currently in? Please raise your hand. I would like to know who has control over that because I'm a little bit ticked with you. None of us have control over that, but it's affecting all of us. My brother-in-law, Jeff, who plays guitar right here, is a financial planner. He works for UBS. And he's been a little busy recently. I think it was his fault, actually. But when the stock market first took its first downturn, uh, Daryl, who has a dark sense of humor like I do, called him. And goes, hey, Jeff. He got his voicemail. He goes, hey, Jeff, it's Daryl. Hope you're having a good morning. You know, just calling to check in on you, see how things are going. You know, what'd you do this weekend? You know, blah, blah, you know, just little pleasantries, things like that. All right, talk to you later. And he hangs up. Jeff called him back hours later and said, I just got off the phone. I've been on the phone nonstop with people calling me. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Just like, hang on. There's nothing you can do. It's not in your control. But we all want that control. We all want that control. And you know what? The world acts in ways that we can't control. We can't control people either. We would like for there to be authority and order in our lives, especially for certain people, and we just can't control people. I have a son. You know this. I've talked about him many times. He's 15 months old. As much as I would really like to have authority and control over him, I don't. He's a climber. Some kids I hear are climbers. Some kids aren't. We've been blessed. He's a climber. He is one who there is no couch too tall, no bookcase too massive for him not to attempt to climb. He sees a bookcase. He's like, now that's my next. Yeah. And he gets on top of something. He turns around. He's like, look what I have done. He has a bookcase in his room that we, we have stuff on the, ha, had stuff on the bottom shelf until he first became mobile. Then we moved stuff up and we've been slowly emptying the bookcase as his abilities have grown. I walked in on him this morning and he's like this, you know, turns around like what? <laughs> and I feel like this is really sad, but I feel like the first word out of my mouth every time I see him is no. You know, I mean, that's every time I see him, it's like, no, I love you, son. Welcome home from school. <laughs> I just know something's going to happen. So no, 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 no. He said that to my wife the other day as he was walking out into the street. Um, she said, Corbin, no. And turns around and goes, no, no, no. And then continues on into the street. <laughs> I would really like to have control over this kid. I mean, he's not a bad kid. He's just curious and he's active and he wants to explore and see what's around him. But some of the things he does are going to hurt him. And I want him to realize that I'm in charge in the house. My wife's not in here right now. So I'm in charge in the house. You know, what I, you, know you need to respect that. Submit to my authority, boy. Hopefully one day he's going to grow out of this. People with boys tell me that he's going to grow out of it, please. One day maybe he will grow out of this and get it. But right now I can't control him. And I just have to realize, I just have to love him through this time. I just have to love him through it. 
I realize he's a big kid for his age. He looks a lot older than he is, and he's, he's much more mobile than he should be for his age. But he's still just 15 months. And whether I like it or not, he's a 15-month-old. And although I treat him like a 30-year-old, I just have to love him through this period and correct him and try to get that authority. I just got to submit to where I am right now. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's really hard to do in different circumstances in our life because I want to control that. I want to control my job. I want to control you people as you drive. I want to control different aspects of my life. And I got to realize that I need to step back and submit. Here's why. Because when I take too much control of my life, when I feel like I am really in charge of my life and take control, I miss God. Maybe not all the time. But there are moments when I will miss God working in my life, God's presence in my life, because I think I know best. Tom Eldridge is an author, and he tells a story about this man who was preparing to go to a men's conference and he had he had booked his reservations for this weekend retreat men's retreat how to learn to be a better father and a better husband and he had planned it for a long time and the weekend comes and he's very excited about go learn how to be a better father and husband and his wife gets sick and she says you need to stay home and take care of these two kids he goes no i got to go to this conference to learn how to be a better father and a better husband yeah yeah 9 30 didn't laugh God was saying, I'm going to teach you. You don't need a conference. Let me show you how to be a better husband and a better father. Stay home, take care of your wife, and take care of your children. But he missed it because he was wanting to control. He missed it because he wasn't willing to submit to the situation that was at hand. He wasn't willing to submit to God. I'm going to learn how to be a better father and husband. Let me save you the trip. Wanted to control. Look at Joseph. Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph of the OT. Guy got submission down. He understood it. Look at his life. He was one of many brothers. Never wanted to harm anybody. God had chosen him. It wasn't his fault. He didn't walk up and go, pick me, pick me. God chose him. Because of that, his brothers didn't like him. His brothers got rid of him, sold him into slavery. He was taken into a foreign land. He was a slave in a house. So, all right, I'm going to be the best slave you got. He rose through the ranks and he became the manager of the house. He was accused of something he didn't do, so he was thrown into prison. All right, I'll be in prison. I'm going to be the best prisoner you got. The couple other prisoners that were there, he interpreted dreams for them. One of them was set free. He says, hey, remember me when you're back before the Pharaoh. Guy says, no problem. And he forgets about him. Joseph is languishing in prison. That's all right. I'm going to submit. God, this is where you want me right now. I don't get it. I don't like it. But whatever, let's roll. Till one day, the Pharaoh has this problem, has a situation come up. The little wine steward goes, oh, yeah, there's this dude back in prison. His name's Joseph. He can help you out. Joseph gets out of prison. He interprets the dream. He becomes the second man in charge of Egypt, is able to save Israel. Now, 
all of the time that these bad things were happening to Joseph, all the time that his, his brothers wanted him dead, then they sold him into slavery, then he was a slave, then he was accused of something he didn't do, he was thrown into jail and left for dead once again, all of this time, not a rosy situation for Joseph. But he submits to the authority of God. All of this time, he's learning how to be a manager. He's learning how to be a leader. He's learning how to speak, I don't know, Egyptian. He's learning how to deal in a world that he's not from. And so when God, when the time comes for God to use him, he's ready. It wasn't a pleasant situation necessarily that he was in. But he submitted to it. And God used him because of it. Sometimes when we fail to submit... Sometimes when we fail to let go of the control of our life, we miss God. We miss God. It's about allowing ourselves to live in the moment. I'm not saying that you should live in a relationship that's abusive. No. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have aspirations to to have a different job or to move forward in your career. No, not at all. But the situation you're in, even if you don't like it, God's placed you there. Maybe you are in this cubicle day after day in a job that is mindless and you don't feel like your talents are being used and you have the worst jerk of a boss in the world and every day you come in and you just disdain seeing her. Every day you're like, oh, it just makes my skin crawl. But you submit to that situation and you go in and you let, you love yourself, you love God through that situation. And maybe one day the boss comes to you and says, you have the worst job in the world. I'm the worst boss in the world. I realize that. How are you so happy? Why are you always together? You could say, yeah, you are a jerk, but so am I. But God still loves me and God still died for me and he did the same for you. Maybe as you submit to a situation, God is just grooming you for something greater. I mean, uh, look at Jesus Christ. He submitted to a situation that was horrible. You don't think Jesus had the ability to, when those Roman soldiers came into the garden to take him away, to go, you're frogs, and to walk away? You don't think he had the ability to stop what was about to happen? Of course he did. He's God. But because he submitted, something greater occurred. doesn't always mean that, that the life you live right now is going to be wonderful, rosy. There are those moments, sure. And I'm not saying life's always going to be a bummer. But in the long run, in the eternal run, God comes out on top. God's victory is won. You know, Jenna and I didn't ask to be parents of a special needs child. If we wanted to live our life, if we scripted our life from the beginning, that was not in it. We wouldn't want that in it. But that's where we are. So we submit to that. Let me be the best father, the special needs child I can be. Let me be the best father of a little boy who doesn't listen I can be. I submit to the situation I'm in, God, because you've called me into it. If I don't do that, if I, if I begin to fight it, if I begin to argue with it, if I begin to cause all this turmoil, then I might very well miss God. Let me tell you, I've learned so much more about God through my daughter Grace than I have in the rest of my life. I have learned so much more about God, about God's love, 
about God's healing power, God, about God's patience, about the fact that I know God, I know his heart breaks for me at times. I know that he's there to lift me up. I know that he's walking with me. I know that because of her, because I've allowed God to be there. Don't get me wrong. There are times I've tried to shut God out through this whole life. There are times that I've been ticked off at God and I said, God, I'm done with you. I might come back to you, but right now I want you out. And what I've learned is that God's still there. I said, God is still there. And I just got to release that control and say, God, yeah, sorry for that one. <laughs> but thanks for being back. And thanks for not leaving in the first place. There's a great parable that the rabbis tell of a rabbi who God talks to and God says, look, I want you to go do some ministry down in the village below you. And this is the path that I want you to take. I want you to take this path down there in the middle of the path. There's a big boulder. And every time you pass this boulder, I want you to stop. And I want you to push with everything you have on this boulder and then go about your business, go on down to the village and do your ministry. So the rabbi says, yes, God, he starts off. He goes down the path, he gets to the boulder, he pushes on the boulder with everything he has. He goes down, does his ministry. Day after day, week after week, month after month. Whole year goes by. Every day, the rabbi goes down that path, pushes on that boulder, then goes down and does his ministry. Every day. And then, at the end of that year, the evil one comes to him and says, Why are you going down that path? So, well, God told me to go down that path. Why are you pushing on that boulder? Well, God told me to push on that boulder. Have you seen that boulder move at all? Look, that boulder hadn't moved an inch, hadn't moved a millimeter. Why are you doing that? You're not getting anywhere. And the rabbi starts to think about it. You're right, I, I haven't. Every day I've gone down there. I've been faithful. I've pushed on that boulder. And not one inch. The devil says, why don't you take this path over here? Much nicer path, prettier path, better view. Still get down to do your ministry. That sounds like a good idea. So he starts going down that path. God comes to him and says, Rabbi, what's going on? I thought we had this conversation. You go down this path, you push on the boulder, you go down, you do your work. Rabbi says, well, the boulder had moved. God says, who told you that this was about moving a boulder? I don't care if the boulder moves. That's not the point of this. Every time you've pushed on that boulder, you've become stronger. Every time you go down there and you exert all your physical force, you are building muscles. And then look at the ministry that you've been able to do because you've been strong enough. You've been able to help people walk. You've, been, you've picked people up, put them back in their bed. You've helped elderly people. Look at all the things that you have done because you have built strength by pushing this boulder. It's not about moving the boulder. Sometimes in our life, we want to take control over things because we don't understand what's going on. If we allow ourselves, if we allow ourselves to let go of that control, if we submit to the authority of God, if we submit to the authority of God, maybe we will indeed move a boulder. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the love that you so freely give us. For the love 
that could only come from you. The love of a Savior. The love of a true Father who loves us more than we could ever know. Lord, we thank you for that. God, I ask that you would put in all of our hearts the the desire to release ourselves from the belief that we're in control. From the belief that we need to be in control, Lord. In the situations we're in, God, allow ourselves to submit to your authority so that you might be glorified. So that you, so that your name would be known. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus Christ's holy name.